Hey, everybody. It is Monday, July 31st. Tomorrow is August. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Moshe Wanunu. Where does the time go, Moshe? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to on this last day of July, the seventh month of 2023. Jill, I saw a very generic skyline photo <laughs> on your Instagram thread over the weekend. I understand you were in the city for your big night. How did it go? How did it go reliving your 20s? It was wonderful. Great music, good drinks, good food. Way too late because you know who doesn't know that you're out late? Your kids. They still get Mm. up at the same time. So it was a rough morning, but lots of fun and definitely worth it. Jill, let's be honest. For you, way too late is past 9 p.m. So, (laughs) Well, I was at a party that started at 8 p.m. And Mm -hmm. I will say a lot of the people were like, We're still doing 8 p.m. start times. It felt like something from a bygone era, at least for us. Jill in the city, let me tell you, we still know how to party and we take it late. (laughs) I I can't actually. My my era of staying out past 11 p.m. is uh, long gone at this point. By the way, I should note, I got a few notes late last week on the pod. I think I, um, you know, uh, gave you a little crap for not uh, coming to the office yet. And some people were like, please lay off Jill. (laughs) <laughs> like, you need to be more accommodating at Mo News. Have you guys discussed your post-COVID office return policy? I'll go, there's no office return policy. We never had an office. <laughs> this is our first office. We're able to joke about it because there is not even remotely a policy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Thank you. The policy doesn't exist. <laughs> Thank you for noting that for the record. There you go, everybody. It's all in chest here. It's all fun and games. I'm not uh, calling her out in any sort of uh, mean way on this podcast if the tone ever came across the wrong way. But I really appreciate everyone who had my back. So thank (laughs) you for that. It just goes to show, Mosh, that we've got the best listeners. A thousand percent. Now to the headlines, a new AI phone scam where criminals clone your voice to try to convince your relatives to wire money. Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump braces for his third indictment as soon as this week as he spends tens of millions of dollars in campaign donations on his legal defense. An Alaska mayor announced a controversial plan to fly homeless from his city to Los Angeles. Elon Musk's complete rebrand of Twitter as X appears to be near completion based on the updates to our phone this weekend. Overseas, Ukraine continues to bring the war all the way to the Russian capital as its counteroffensive struggles. Cardi B, the latest singer to have something thrown at her on stage while performing. After the success of the Barbie movie, Mattel has another dozen plus films based on its toys. Wait till you hear about the twist in the Barney movie. It gives new meaning to I love you, you love me. It's a little dark, apparently, Jill. (laughs) And Moshe has on this day in history. It's jam-packed with a little revolutionary history about our friend Marquita Lafayette, uh, Jimmy Hoffa goes missing, and some James Taylor musical history, Jill. All right, we're going to begin with this new consumer warning. It is a story that got a lot of attention on our Instagram account over the weekend. Artificial intelligence is making phone scams more sophisticated and more believable. So scam artists are now using the technology to clone voices, including those of friends and family. This disturbing trend is adding to mounting losses because of fraud. So Americans lost nearly $9 billion to fraud last year alone, an increase of over 150% in just two years, according to the FTC. 
So this AI scam uses a computer-generated voice, and it has left a trail of emotional devastation. So what happens is scammers will often call elderly people, claiming to be their granddaughter or grandson or daughter, and say that they're in a vulnerable situation. They're in jail or something embarrassing. And they'll say, you can't say anything, don't call the police, and then demand that they wire money, crypto or, or gift cards. One mother recently recounted during a U.S. Senate hearing her terrifying encounter with scammers who used the voice of her 15-year-old daughter claiming that they had her. Jennifer Stefano said that she was told over the phone, quote, Mom, these bad men have me. Help me, help me, help me. But meanwhile, her daughter was safe in bed. Yeah, Jill, effectively, they can do this with just 30 seconds of your audio online. So if you've ever posted a video on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, and your voice is out there, they can take your voice, your intonations for as little as 30 seconds, sometimes even less, and basically have you say anything with that voice. Uh, And this is a new iteration to a scam that's been around for a while. The Federal Trade Commission issued a consumer alert in May urging people to be vigilant for calls using voice clones generated by AI. It's the latest technique used by criminals hoping to swindle people out of money here. In 2019, scammers impersonating the boss of a UK-based energy company demanded nearly $250,000. A bank manager in Hong Kong recently was fooled by someone using voice cloning technology into making major transfers. Uh, A number of senior citizens in Canada lost a combined $200,000 earlier this year in a voice cloning scam. Uh, Jill, I got so many notes this weekend from people whose family members have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars or nearly lost thousands of dollars in these scams. Again, you know, they're, they're using the voice. They're saying, help me, help me. I'm in a Mexican prison. Don't tell my parents. It's so embarrassing. I just need you to wire money. In some cases, I heard from people who worked at Best Buy, uh, who would see people coming and buying tons and tons of gift cards being like, you're probably being scammed here. This is a terrible idea. In one case, I heard from somebody, we posted this on the Instagram account, who said that their uncle happened to work at the local bank. And when the grandfather came in, He's like, what are you doing? Let's actually try to call the person who claims to be in trouble here to confirm before you send them tens of thousands of dollars. It is incredible, Mosh. And part of what I'm taking from some of those stories is that good people do exist. Don't be afraid to say something, you know, even if you may not want to embarrass somebody, but you might be saving them a lot of pain and, and money. This actually happened to a friend of mine. Somebody called her parents, said that her sister had been in a car accident, that she was texting and driving, that she broke her nose, was in jail. My friend's father could have sworn that he heard the daughter's voice talking, and they said they wanted $25,000, don't tell anybody, to meet them actually in some parking lot somewhere. And they were panicked and were about to do it. And my friend, she was panicked as well. And then they kind of took a deep breath and put the pieces together and realized that something sounded off. And what they realized is that nobody had called her sister, the one who was actually supposed to be the one who was in that car accident and in jail. And they did that. The sister was like, what are you talking about? I'm at work. And they realized, of course, that it was a scam. Um, And also, they could have been in a lot of trouble because... They were about to meet these people in person. So who knows what would have happened 
during some type of actual exchange of money. Again, this scam has existed for years, and you might hear from a stranger's voice saying, I'm helping your loved one. Now they're taking it up a notch, and they're actually able to pretend to be your loved one in order to create this faux urgency. Uh, among the things that experts suggest here that people do, first, inform your loved ones, especially your older relatives, that this scam is a thing, uh, and to take a moment before anybody demands uh, wired money, etc., also important, adopt a code word, an emergency code word for your family that in case of emergency, ask for the code word. Uh, also, advise them to ask about the last conversation they may have had or private information that is not available on social media. Remember that some of these scammers will, especially if you have an open social media account, make note of what your brother's name is, where you live, where you're on vacation last year, learn stuff about you. You, Some people are shocked by the amount of information that is already available about you online based on what you've posted on social media. Uh, with that in mind, they advise people, you know, if you can, it, set your social media accounts to private to prevent this from happening. But most importantly, that emergency code word and for everyone to take a pause, especially if they're demanding a wire transfer, cryptocurrency, or for you to go buy gift cards to help them get out of prison. Just take a moment, especially in those three uh, contexts, uh, and again, reinforce that uh, to your loved ones and your older relatives. So what did you and Alex decide that your code word was going to be? <laughs> sure, I'll totally. I mean, as, as someone who now has thousands of hours of audio of their voice available on YouTube, great idea, Jill. <laughs> Mo News. <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. The, the street name I grew up on and my first dog's name. You know, like I oh, thought that's your porn one, two, name. Three, oh, where this has gone in a different direction. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, exclamation mark. You know, all, all the uh, passwords that everyone uses all the time. Password one. That's our password. All right. Now on to politics where we could see a third Trump indictment this week. This one is over his conduct around the 2020 election and attempts to reverse the result in the weeks leading up to January 6th. Trump's lawyers are bracing for the former president to be indicted as soon as tomorrow. The federal grand jury in the 2020 election investigation has typically met on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Now, given Trump recently received a letter from the Justice Department saying that he was a target and his lawyers met with federal officials last week, Speculation is intensifying this week. There is a possibility that prosecutors could present an indictment that's under seal and that it could be unsealed at any time. It is part of the second probe by special counsel Jack Smith. If that name sounds familiar, it is because Smith has already indicted the former president on the classified records issue at Mar-a-Lago, including charges against Trump that he lied to authorities and obstructed justice. And late last week, he actually added to those charges, Jill. This is related to Trump and uh, employees at Mar-a-Lago conspiring to delete video surveillance tape uh, to avoid uh, FBI getting a hold of that and, and knowing more about what they were doing with the classified documents. So that continues. That goes on trial uh, next year or as early as next May, I should say. In the meantime, Trump is posting about this as he does on his social media page uh, in the last few days, writing that my attorneys had a productive meeting with the Department of Justice, explaining in detail that I did nothing wrong uh, and that an indictment of me would only further destroy our country. Do not trust the fake news on anything, he says. Uh, keep in mind here that based on that letter, 
It's very likely that he'll be indicted here. That's typically how these things go. Uh, they're looking at three potential charges here related to the 2020 election, deprivation of rights, conspiracy to defraud the United States and voters, and witness tampering on the part of the president and the people around him. It all comes, Joel, as he continues to dominate the Republican field. The latest polls over the weekend from the early states show that he continues to be up 20 to 30 percent above the second place uh, person who's polling, typically Ron DeSantis in a few of these early states. He continues to campaign. He's spending a significant amount of time talking about these legal issues with his supporters at rallies. Here's a bit of what he had to say in Erie, Pennsylvania over the weekend. Keep in mind, Erie is a place that is often an indicator of where the election goes. It was won by him in 2016, lost by him in 2020. He's back at it uh, as he campaigns in Pennsylvania. Here's a bit of what he said. They want to try and demean and hurt us, all of us. You know, they're not indicting me. They're indicting you. I just happen to be standing in their way. That's all it is. Jill, he's made this about his supporters. He says that he's taking the bullets for everybody here, that this is really the government trying to indict all of his supporters, but they're indicting him. Uh, you know, he's as a uh, victim here on behalf of everybody. And it appears that half of the Republicans who are being polled right now are still on board with him. And when it comes to donations, they're still donating tens of millions of dollars. We'll get a financial report later today from the Trump campaign, which is set to show that he spent more than $40 million of money raised by his campaign for his legal expenses and those around him. This is the money that is going towards his political action committee, his PAC, uh, from supporters who might be giving him as little as $5, $10, And he is using that money right now for his defense and the people implicated around him, uh, like his body person, Walt Nauta, uh, like his uh, groundskeeper, uh, who was implicated last week in potentially deleting the surveillance tape or conspiring to delete the surveillance tape. And it does show how pricey this is getting. Keep in mind, trials are ahead. So tens of millions of more dollars will need to be devoted to his attorneys, to his legal defense here. Uh, keep in mind, he's got the New York indictment related to Stormy Daniels. He's got the other federal indictment on classified records. This one would be on January 6th. And he's got another one, which would be a fourth one that could come in the next couple of weeks out of Georgia, again, related to election tampering. Time now for the speed read from the L.A. Times. Anchorage, Alaska Mayor Dave Bronson said this week that plane tickets would be purchased for unhoused people to be sent to cities where they have families who can care for them or where the climate is warmer. He said winters are extremely cold in Alaska, and last year was the most deadly year in history for people who were homeless. Bronson adding, quote, I have a moral imperative here, and that is to save lives. And if that means giving them a few hundred dollars for an airline ticket to go where they want to go, I am going to do that. No funding has been approved yet for the relocation program for the homeless, which also was in place last year. But the mayor does not anticipate any problems with locating the funds. He said buying a plane ticket is actually much cheaper than housing the homeless. Nine homeless Alaskans took him up on that offer last year. The mayor added, quote, we are here to save lives. That is my job. Anchorage said about 1,760 people stayed on the street and in overnight shelters and that some were recently closed. So far this year, 29 people believed to be homeless died in and around Anchorage, surpassing last year's record of 24. Yeah, this all comes as they've cut funding for homeless shelters in Alaska, and they've decided for a couple hundred bucks, they could buy them one-way tickets out of Alaska and down to L.A. 
as of right now, there is no shelter large enough in Anchorage to house all the people that will need it this winter. And keep in mind, in Anchorage, temperatures can drop into the uh, very negative numbers, negative 31 Fahrenheit sometimes. Half of the deaths in Anchorage occurred after the recent closure of a mass shelter. At the same time, L.A. doesn't have much room, Jill. It has 43,000 beds for the roughly 75,000 people currently experiencing hopelessness in the region. And this is not the only place we've seen this. Uh, There's a whole back and forth between Vegas and L.A. Uh, California will put homeless people on buses to Vegas. Vegas will then put them on buses to L.A. Uh, We've seen uh, these types of plans before uh, on the East Coast as well. And so there's a lot of pushback when we posted it on our Instagram account over the weekend from people in Southern California being like, why are they sending people here? We have uh, already have a huge problem, tent areas of, of LA, uh, and we just don't have the capacity for the situation. A couple of international headlines that we're tracking from the Associated Press. Ukraine brought the war far from the front line into the heart of Russia again this weekend with drone attacks inside Russia that damaged two office buildings a few miles from the Kremlin. The attacks, which Ukraine did not acknowledge but is widely believed to be responsible for, reflect a pattern of more frequent and deeper cross-border strikes that have been taking place since June. The most dramatic of the strikes happened in May on the Kremlin itself. That is the seat of power in the capital of Moscow, Again, no injuries, no major damage in that attack either. Sunday's was the fourth such strike on the capital region this month and the third this week. So this shows a bit of Moscow's vulnerability here as Russia's war in Ukraine drags into the 18th month in August. Keep in mind, the end of August will mark 18 months uh, since Russia first invaded Ukraine. Ukrainian government officials want the Russian people to see that this war continues, and they want them to feel a bit of the havoc uh, and chaos that Ukrainians have been experiencing now for 18 months since Putin invaded. Now, while Ukrainian officials won't officially acknowledge uh, this attack, President Zelensky said in a nightly video address this weekend, gradually the war is returning to the territory of Russia, to its symbolic centers, its military bases, And this is an inevitable, natural, and absolutely fair process. So they won't say it was us, but effectively, you heard there, it was us. The Ukrainian military is doubling down on its efforts to break through Russian defenses. The counteroffensive began eight weeks ago now, Jill. It has struggled to gain momentum since being launched. Uh, Ukrainian forces struggling with the Russian lines, tank traps, hundreds of thousands of mines uh, that the Russians have set up in the area they occupy uh, in southern and eastern Ukraine. And while the Ukrainians say that they are grateful for all the Western military aid, the mine engineering vehicles, the cluster bombs that the U.S. recently approved, they say more is needed. They say they need those F-16s to neutralize Russia's air superiority. They need longer range artillery uh, to uh, break through the Russian logistics here. So this counteroffensive for the Ukrainians, not going great. So they have now resorted to these drone attacks deep inside Russia with the hope of provoking Russians uh, to tell Putin to cut it out. Uh, but mainly to just embarrass Putin and show that they can get at him too. 
All right, staying overseas, we're watching a story in Pakistan as well. At least 55 people are dead and 200 wounded after a suicide bomber blew himself up at a political rally in Pakistan. It took place in the northwestern part of the country in an area that's bordering Afghanistan on Sunday. Supporters of a hardline Pakistani cleric were meeting in Bajor in a hall close to a market outside of the district capital. The area near the Afghan border was a stronghold of the Pakistani Taliban, a close ally of Afghanistan's Taliban government. The Pakistani Taliban, which is at war with the state and the party that was targeted, denied involvement in the attack. Still, there are no claims of responsibility here, but the Islamic State group operates across the border in Afghanistan. So there's a lot of various groups here that could be to blame. Jill, uh, you mentioned the Pakistani Taliban affiliated with the Afghan Taliban. Uh, They believe they should be in control of the state and might have been the culprit here, though, again, they take no responsibility. Separate from them, you have ISIS, the Islamic State, which is still battling the Taliban. It's basically a, a war here over who is more devout, who is more religious. So you have the Taliban saying the existing state is not uh, devout enough, not as Islamic enough. And you have ISIS saying, well, even the Taliban is uh, too secular, too liberal uh, for our take. Remember, ISIS is operating in the region as well. Uh, and they are responsible for that attack on the Kabul airport that killed American service members during the withdrawal a couple of years ago. And ISIS is trying to make its own name, trying to expand its region in that part of the world. So a lot of people pointing blame there for this attack over the weekend. From CNBC, X, formerly known as Twitter, has officially retired its famous blue and white bird logo. The icon on the mobile app changed to an X late Friday night in the latest phase of a sweeping rebrand that the platform's owner, Elon Musk, announced earlier this month. Musk, who acquired the platform for $44 billion late last year, wrote in a post Sunday that the company would soon, quote, bid adieu to the Twitter brand and gradually... All the birds. The transition from Twitter to X reflects Musk's vision to turn the platform into what he has called an everything app. He shared a video of a large new X logo glowing on top of the company's headquarters early Saturday, though the city of San Francisco claims the new sign is unsafe and they're actually (laughs) investigating it. (laughs) There's a whole controversy related (laughs) to this new flashy X sign. Also, a lot of neighbors uh, in San Francisco feeling like it's uh, way too Vegas-y in San Francisco at night. So it seems like nothing Elon does these days is without controversy, uh, Jill. But uh, one of the questions people ask me, like, so it's not called tweeting anymore, so what is it called? Well, they actually eliminated the tweet button, called it posting. Uh, Some people are saying, should it be Xing? Uh, they're figuring it out. I mean, one of the challenges of taking a brand that's been around for nearly 20 years and changing it almost literally overnight. Uh, for Elon, X has the significance. Remember, his rocket manufacturer is called SpaceX, which also has a major X in its logo. He recently launched an AI app called XAI. Uh, I think he's got X in a couple of his kids' names as well. So it's a letter that means a lot to him, Jill. And uh, he actually, there's talk of uh, back when he was uh, developing PayPal, when he was part of that startup back in the day, you know, proposing that it have X associated um, elements. And so he's certainly gotten his share of criticism here from people who say you're literally killing billions of dollars in brand equity overnight, given the iconic Twitter logo, tweeting, that whole idea. But for Elon, this is part of a much grander vision uh, as part of this X Everything app. And so we'll see what happens. Jill, I woke up Sunday morning and noticed 
that the app had changed on my phone and then noticed that the TikTok app is black, the uh, Threads app is black, the X app is black. It's just this row of darkness. And the Instagram still has some color in it. I guess I'm waiting on them to also go black and white with their logo. So Scott Galloway, friend of the pod, who doesn't know he is a friend of the pod, he is a branding expert. That is that is literally his expertise. And he has said that this is possibly the worst rebrand ever. Um, up there, of course, with HBO <laughs> becoming Max, which kind of makes no sense either. Yeah, it's it's when you build a brand for many, many years and then just change it overnight. I mean, typically you need to do that with, um, I mean, keep in mind, like, uh, Enron, right? Like if your company goes through a major scandal, you might want to rebrand. But if your company has a generally positive reputation um, or even neutral reputation, you go with that sort of thing. That said, Jill, just a reminder to everybody, Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. He runs several major companies. So I know there's a proclivity of, you know, jump and be like, oh, that's the dumbest thing ever. And it could be the dumbest thing ever. And I'm not saying the man is flawless, but I'm going to reserve judgment for just a little bit of time here. Uh, despite the fact that now, again, I stare at a row of dark black and white logos on my phone now. And I, I don't know what that's going to do for my mental health beyond them. It is interesting you say that because Galloway makes the opposite argument, saying Elon Musk officially has too much money and he officially mm. has nobody on his board who will say no to him, who will tell him this is a terrible idea. Uh, so his argument has been, Maybe he's got too much money. Maybe, you know, maybe this is an argument that there is such a thing as actually being too rich. Right. Like the fact that you can buy an app for $44 billion and if it goes away, it's nothing to you. L you lose the incentive to check on things and you just start making totally arbitrary decisions. All right. From NBC News, rapper Cardi B fought back after an audience member threw their drink at her while she was performing in Las Vegas. The latest in this troubling new trend of concert goers throwing objects at performers. The incident appears to have occurred during Cardi B's scheduled performance at Dre's Beach Club on Saturday. Video posted on social media show that Cardi B was performing her hit Bodak Yellow when someone holding a large cup apparently flings the drink at her dousing the rapper while she was on stage. Cardi B first looked shocked and then immediately retaliated by throwing her microphone at the person. <laughs> there you go. Cardi fights back. Don't mess with her. She's just the latest artist to be subjected to physical assault here or throwing things on stage as they perform. Jill, a few examples. Recently, you had BB Rexa, who uh, had her eye bruised last month after a concert goer threw a phone at her in Manhattan. The attacker, by the way, was arrested, later charged, and he said he did it because he thought it was funny. During a performance in Idaho, just a week later, Kelsey Ballerini was hit in the face with an object while she was singing. And then Harry Styles has now been the victim twice of someone throwing things at him. Uh, recently, an object was thrown at him while he was performing in Vienna, Austria. Oh, you mean it's not just Americans that are doing this? <laughs> <laughs> right. It appears to be global here. And again, Harry Styles hit twice. It's really shocking here, Jill. But I, I, I don't get it. I mean, you're paying good money to go see these artists. What the most perplexing to me is when people throw their cell phones. I'm in a panic if I'm like two feet from my cell phone, which I realize is probably unhealthy as well. But I certainly wouldn't be throwing my phone at anybody. No, just just bizarre all around. All right. From Variety, if you like Barbie, 
Mattel has another dozen plus movies in development from its games. With Barbie well on its way to earning a billion dollars at the box office, the chatter about a sequel has become a low hum. But Mattel, the toy company behind the Barbie doll and Greta Gerwig's hit movie, not limiting itself to the Barbie movie. They've got their eyes on a much bigger prize, an empire of toy movies. Mattel's CEO saying successful movies lend themselves to more movies. Our ambition is to create film franchises. That is franchises, plural. And the toy maker has wasted no time lining up a full slate of new projects. According to IMBD, Mattel Films, the movie branch of the company, has at least 14 films in the works, which includes movies based on American Girl dolls, Barney, Thomas the Tank Engine, and even the game Uno. Explain that one to me. They're also working up a Magic 8-Ball movie. Remember that game? The film will be a horror comedy with Cocaine Bears writer Jimmy Warden attached to it. The Barney movie has been described as a surrealist film similar to being John Malkovich or Adaptation. It's also being produced by Get Out's Daniel Kaluuya and written by Beef's Lee Sung Jin. Jill, this Barney movie could be very dark. Uh, They say it's not going to be as dark as Ted. Um, but, uh, they do want to make it this kind of more reality movie behind, you know, who Barney really is, uh, reciting the famous Barney song. I love you. You love me. We're a happy family. A Mattel executive recently told variety that the upcoming film will be about quote identity and finding who you love and who feels alienated. And what does it all mean? They say the film will be more adult and have adult themes and sort of be quote a little off kilter. Interested? That is a hard pass for me, Mosh. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The real Barney behind the purple dinosaur. You know, he always seemed a little too happy in the TV show. You know he's hiding something. I am supposed to see the Barbie movie today, actually, on Monday. So I will have a a full report on tomorrow's podcast. But one of the things... (laughs) For for those of you who haven't seen the movie yet, Jill will bring you the Barbie Oh, yes, just the latest info. You you get the latest info here on the Mo News podcast. Reviews of (laughs) movies two weeks after they come out. (laughs) But one of the big takeaways from the success of Barbenheimer is that both Barbie and Oppenheimer were original movies. They weren't sequels. It wasn't like the seventh installment of Indiana Jones or whatever the latest superhero sequel type of thing is. So while I'm totally on board with this idea of Mattel taking their toys and making movies the way that they did with Barbie, I think going to like a Barbie 2 or Barbie movie 3 I don't know if that's going to work. Like, we've done it. That the, the whole thing was that it was just this original movie based on the toy. Yeah, so it seems like there's going to be a discussion here because Greta Gerwig tells the New York Times, at this moment, this movie is all I've got. I feel like at the end of every movie, I'll never have another idea. I would, don't want to squash anybody else's dream, but for me, at this moment, I'm at totally zero. So it sounds like Greta's against a sequel, which may explain why Mattel is looking at Thomas the Tank Engine, uh, the Barney movie, the Magic 8-Ball movie. Uh, they're looking at Polly Pocket, Jill. They have Lena Dunham from Girls, who's writing and directing the film. Lily James from Emily in Paris, apparently set to start in the lead role of the Polly Pocket movie. Then they have a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie that will apparently star uh, Vin Diesel. They have a major Matt Mason movie, uh, with Tom Hanks in it. And they're apparently also going to do a series based on their Matchbox cars, uh, like a live-action sort of Fast and the Furious type uh, series. So they have more than a dozen here. They have high hopes, uh, as you mentioned, the Uno movie. Um, so 
these could take some interesting directions. We'll see if they end up getting produced, of course, with the actors and writer strike right now. They're probably all paused at this moment. But Mattel here really looks like they have high hopes for this movie franchise they want to build up. All right, Jill, on this day in history, on this July 31st, the last day of July, on this day in 1777, a 19-year-old French aristocrat by the name of, are you ready for this? Marie-Joseph Paul Roque-Yves Gilbert de Motier, a.k.a. Marquis de Lafayette, accepts a commission, again at age 19, to become a major general in the Continental Army of George Washington. Uh, He was just a kid out of France, but uh, was interested in getting involved here in the revolution. Uh, The French were gradually giving aid to the Americans fighting the Brits, uh, the French enemy, of course. Uh, And Lafayette really takes the world by storm, uh, moving up the ranks of the Continental Army. He had Alexander Hamilton to his side, uh, correcting the letters he was writing, uh, helping him with his English. Uh, A bit of that is captured in the Hamilton musical uh, that recently hit Broadway. Not so recently. I guess it's almost 10 years old, which is crazy (laughs) at this point. Do a review of Hamilton. It'll be like my Barbie review. (laughs) (laughs) We also also Broadway show, Taking the World by Storm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tomorrow you'll get Barbie. And later this week, we'll review Hamilton. All right, let's fast forward to the 20th century. On this day, 48 years ago, in 1975, Jimmy Hoffa, one of the most influential American labor leaders of the 20th century, is officially reported missing after he failed to return home the previous night. Though he's believed to be a victim of a mafia hit, conclusive evidence has never been found of what happened to Jimmy Hoffa 48 years later, Jill. They have not found his body. Uh, and they don't know what happened to him. Some people might remember he was the head of the Teamsters for nearly 20 years, including uh, even leading them while he was serving prison time. His sentence was commuted by Richard Nixon. And then, of course, he goes missing 48 years ago today. All right, a couple more things before we go here. Turning 34 years old today, the Game Boy by Nintendo. It was released today, July 31st, 1989. And we end here with a bit of music history. Turning 52 years old today, You've Got a Friend by James Taylor, which reached number one on the Billboard charts on this day. And 24 years ago today, Jill, one of those iconic hits of the 1990s, Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera, reached number one on the Billboard charts. Christina Aguilera, um, there's a documentary about her coming out produced by Rock Nation. So look for that soon. All right, Moshe, big thank you to everybody for listening to the Mo News podcast. If you like what you're hearing, Share this with your friends. Tell them about us. We would really appreciate it. It helps us grow. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the App Store. Jill, big moment last week. We forgot to mark. We passed 300 episodes of the Mo News Podcast. Wow. Today is officially episode 304 of the podcast in just over a year of doing this podcast. That is how often we get to spend this hour with each other taping this podcast every day. Uh, We hope you guys are enjoying it as we uh, continue the march to episode 400 and beyond. Uh, so appreciate all of you who support what we're doing. Uh, one way to support what we're doing and keep it going is to join Mo News Premium. You can do that over at mo.news, uh, where you can get a monthly membership or annual membership. We're giving two free months on the annual uh, and the first 30-day free trial on the monthly membership with the code Mo News Trial over again at mo.news slash premium. You get an extra podcast, you get an extra Instagram account, you get your questions answered, and you know you're supporting what we're doing here, independent journalism. All right. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.